Hey, Wide Left Sports listeners, do I have an opportunity for you? The Billings American Legion is holding their annual Hall of Fame dinner Saturday, April 15th at the Doubletree Hotel here in Billings. And let me tell you, it is a great event. There's dinner guest speaker, which this year will be Bill Spaceman Lee, and a live auction. And the best part is every cent goes back to the boys and goes back to the Billings American Legion program. It is a great event that they hold yearly, and it is just a blast to go to. Tickets will be available soon, so be on the lookout at the Billings American Legion website. Again, that is April 15th at the Doubletree Hotel. Hello, welcome to Wide Left Sports. Today, I am joined once again by Missoula Big Sky Boys Basketball Coach Zach Murphy. How are you doing? I'm doing well, man. Thank you for having me back on. Of course, of course. I'm excited to have you back on. So, you know, when I first had you on, you were very new to the job. In fact, I think it was one of your first days. (laughs) I think so. It was. How has the first season gone for you? It's been amazing, man. It, uh... You know, it's a very interesting feeling. I feel like it's flown by, but when I look back, it seems like the beginning of the season was so long ago to me. So it's it's both feelings at once, but it's been such a blast, man. I've enjoyed this group of kids and, and the school and every part of it. Like you said, I think we were talking when I had just got the job, flying through summer and into fall. And I mean, to think that we're right here at the state tournament now is unbelievable, man. It's just gone so quick, but it's been a blast. I I love it, man. That's awesome. So talk to me about your team a little bit. You know, you guys are pretty gritty. You're going in as the four seed there in the West. So talk to me about your team. Yeah, absolutely, man. I think uh, uh, being completely honest, I don't know how many people across the state would have really given us a chance to do this again. And I don't blame them. You know, we lost seven seniors going into the year and all seven of those seniors played significant, significant minutes, just bringing one starter back, uh, Josiah Quaresma. And, you know, we had to find our identity early in the season. And I kind of told the boys right away, we're not going to be the biggest. We're not going to be the you know most skilled. We might not be the fastest, but we need to be the most disciplined. We need to, you know, have the highest IQ and we need to work the hard, you know, the hardest of any of the teams to give us a chance. And, you know, it took us some time. I think we started the year out one and five and then boom, we roll off six out of seven in a row. Um, And those boys just continued to grind and grind and work really hard and figure out how to win games at that level. Cause so many of them just hadn't, you know, Josiah really came into his own at that point. He's just been playing at such a high level. Um, And then as we rolled into the divisional tournament, you know, the West is just so up in the air. It's just all of us can beat each other is what it felt like. It didn't matter top to bottom. Um, you know, we had a difficult first game and then we we went into our second game in a crosstown matchup and a rubber match with Sentinel and us and the boys showed up in a big, big way. And, uh, you know, then we had the battle with Capital and uh, Coach Almquist, you know, I have the utmost respect for him as a coach. I think he's done such an amazing job over there building a program, but our boys were able to just gut out, like you said, a gritty, gritty win. And that was kind of the identity of our team throughout the year. You know, we're not very big at all. 
but we get up and down the floor. We like the game in transition. And then just a group of kids that work really, really hard to figure out how can they win each game. And that's kind of what happened down the stretch with Capital. And we were able to pull that game off at the very end and in overtime. And now we're sitting in a position where we get to go to state as the four seed. And, you know, based on the year, the boys thankfully have this belief of you can beat anybody and you can lose to anybody. You just got to show up and play your game. So that's awesome for sure. So, um, you know, you're a first year head coach. What was your first divisional tournament like? You know, man, it, uh, ironically, I, I got to think back, you know, when I was with my time with Jay and when I was with my time with Ryan, um, both at Sentinel and at Big Sky, thankfully they were amazing coaches for me. Um, they gave me responsibilities as a coach, which was awesome. And then I'm just such a fanatic for research and film and breakdown and planning. So I would dive into those tournaments head first with those guys and they would let me be right next to them watching hours of film, hours of game planning, you know, scheming. And so the basketball part, if I'm being completely honest with you, didn't change a whole lot. And that's credit to the coaches that I was with before. The right. biggest thing is now you just realize you're the face up there with the boys, you know? So I'm I'm a little more worried about how are we in the hotel. I'm a little more worried about what we're like when we're out eating and do we have our meals all scheduled and is everything okay with the booster club? And, you know, like I, you don't think about that when you're a, an assistant, you don't think yeah. about that at all. So that just kind of added some extra stress, I would say. Um, but in the end, you know, it, it worked out. I love it. Tournament time is my favorite time of year. It is just nonstop basketball and for I was fortunate enough my wife was able to be there with me um up at divisionals and she's an amazing coach wife she she gives me no trouble and <laughs> she doesn't know the game of basketball all that much but she's at every possible game you could imagine and by the end of the weekend she was like this is what you like doing all these years of you being like it's tournament time she's like I don't know how you like this I need to sleep for two days so <laughs> I, I love it, though, man. I love the divisional tournament time. It was a blast in my first year. And, you know, thankfully, we had a great result. Like I said, I think that game could have gone any way down the stretch. And for us to have the result we did, I can't tell you how much I respect the Big Sky community and our fans that were there. They deserve that so much. And these boys deserve it. So I'm really proud of them and really happy for them. That's awesome. So, you know, you mentioned that you played a crosstown game there in divisionals. How neat was that to be able to line up the – the stars align and you played a crosstown game in divisionals. <laughs> you know, uh, it, it's it's a wild one. You know, Coach Mackey um, has been really good to me in my time in Missoula with him. Uh, my dad was on his coaching staff for the past several years. And so, you know, we had a relationship through that. And I respect him a ton as a coach. And I think he he's a, a great guy and loves the game and loves to help kids learn basketball. Um you know, playing Sentinel is always a weird feeling for me. As a graduate, I played my basketball at Sentinel and I coached my first five years there. Um, so it was, I'm not going to lie to you, it's an emotional experience, both when we played them at our house the first game of the year and we win that one. And then we go and play them at, at their house. And, you know, that's in the gym that I used to run lines in over and over and over again. But thankfully they changed the floor to not make it feel too nostalgic for me. Um, <laughs> 
But we end up losing that one by one. You know, it's a really difficult loss for us coming off of all those wins. And so there was a, t I mean, a lot of emotion and a lot of tension going into that last game because we split the series on the year one-to-one. -one. You know, both teams know you, you lose, you go home. And I put it out there with the boys. I just said, you get to dictate your future. You get to dictate what happens. What, you know, how is this going to end? Is this going to be your last game? Is this going to be the last game you play? And they did not want that to happen. They were like, there is anything but that. Can, and I, that was the most fire I had seen from those boys all year in the game. They probably needed it the most. And I think they were just kind of exercising some demons and, and wanting to get that win and, and still be alive. So it was a, it was, a, you know, like I said, an emotional, um, tense environment, but it's the utmost level of competition. And that's kind of what you're in it for to coach and play. And you, you want to coach, you want to play for those kind of games. For sure. For sure. So you mentioned that you lost seven seniors going into this year. So how did you get your guys prepared for that? And how did you get the guys that were on varsity last year, but didn't play to have more of a leadership role this year and kind of jumpstart them into that like they needed to be. Yeah, yeah, absolutely, man. You know, I think it's a couple of things. I think that one of the best things I have for this group is the kids that we ended up with are, are friends for the most part. They're all friends and they've been friends for a while in that school. And I think it's kind of the community of Big Sky in a whole, but that helps that like they already have that camaraderie really helps with the team chemistry thing. You know, Josiah Coresma, like I said, only returning player. He's an all-state level player, but he had to figure out how to be the guy. He had to figure out how to be, you know, one of the main guys. And then, you know, those kids stepping into those roles, they had to find their roles. And thankfully, I coached a lot of them last year as the JV coach. So I kind of knew them coming in. And that also gave me a little bit of a jump of knowing, you know, if it's an Owen McGuinn, Owen's a great rebounder. He's a great athlete. So I know to put him in a position where, hey, go get me some rebounds, you know, fly around, be athletic. Um, from a leadership standpoint, like you talked about, Corey Williams, one of our seniors, is a phenomenal leader, phenomenal leader, um, very vocal, uh, is willing to take criticism. You know, if when I get after him, he's willing to look me in the eyes and, and shake his head and say, yes, coach. And he's been a great vocal leader, vocal leader for us. And on top of all of that, you know, going for us, um, we have a sophomore point guard. And, uh, <laughs> yeah, he's a, a little 5'5 five, five, uh, uh, ball of energy. And uh, <laughs> he never shuts his mouth. But I think that's kind of what you have to have in a point guard. And he has a lot of confidence. Um, Z. And Z actually has been a little bit of a leader as well. You know, so it's just been all of those things really helped give me, I think, a jump that, say like a brand new coach that didn't know these kids. And if they weren't that close friend group, I don't think it would have worked out that way. So it really expedited the process. But even at that, like I said, we start the year one and five. Right. We're, we're trying to figure it out. You know, they're trying to figure out how to play at that level and win at that level. And, you know, I, I put them through it. Like I will give those kids credit. There were some long practices throughout that winter where I was getting after them and, they continue to show up and show up. And because of that, they've earned everything they've gotten this year. That's awesome. So this next question is about state that's coming up in a couple of days. Yeah. Um, so um, the Western, like 
double a like you said is a gauntlet you never know who's gonna win so how did going through that help you with your matchup with i believe it's west yeah yeah absolutely you, you know the the west at i gotta think about this we beat every single team in the west other than hellgate and we also lost to every single team in the west other than flathead so you know that pack was so tense and even at that when we played hellgate in our first game it was a two-point game with a minute left and when we played them at the golden goat it came down to the last shot so i mean every game like you said it was just competitive and i told the boys you need to understand you can beat anybody but if you don't show up you can lose to anybody on any night and, and that showed so you know i'd like to think that that gauntlet as you called it is going to prepare us for Show, you have to show up. You have to show up and play basketball and games matter. We've been playing games all year where this one matters. And uh, at the same time, I think that the West and the East also kind of have different styles. So as much as we kind of battle, 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 when you get that opportunity to play those East schools, it's almost it's a new experience. You know, you're battling two contrasting styles. So getting our kids prepared for that is still an adjustment we're going to have to make. Um, you know, in my opinion, the East has always been a little more up and down. It's a little more fast paced. It's a little more offense based. Um, you know, the West always seemed very defense defense, you know, getting in front of that team and slowing down that offense. And so that's just kind of the vibe I got. I know that isn't true for every team every year and, and for each side, but, I'd like to think that we have a good understanding of the level of competition, but then also understanding that we have to game plan for a, a great Billings West team that coach Dara is uh, bringing to Butte. For sure. You know, I was going to say when you said the West is all defense, that's true. But uh, <laughs> when I was in high school, there was a pretty dang good uh, Hellgate team that steamrolled everybody. Yes. That was, yes. uh... <laughs> Hey, I made sure to cover my tracks there and say that year to year, I, uh, there are teams that I think coach Ludkey would be a little upset with me because that, that man knows how to coach them offense. When we played them, it was 88, 87 and 88, 78. So, I mean, I guess we showed that we can score some points, but <laughs> Yeah, changes from year to year. But yeah, the, the East, man, the East is great. I think they've got great athletes over there. And maybe there was a little bit more uh, diversity or, you know, a, a, a gap at the end of the year in in those top teams. But I right. still think, you know, all those East schools showed that they can battle. You know, Coach Powers had Belgrade playing great against West in the first yeah. game. You know, CMR battling. Great Falls gets a big win and is playing in a play-in game or a play-out game. So, you know, I, I, there's some great ball over there and it's just, I think it's one of those years where throw the ball out and it's going to be really fun to see who ends up on top. Cause I think a lot of teams can. For sure. So how do you prepare your team to play in a bigger arena? You know, they're, you guys are playing in the Butte Civic Center. How do you prepare your team to play in a stadium like that? Yeah. You know, coach, I've mentioned him, coach Jay Jagelski, who I worked under for my first coaching job. Um, you know, he showed me we can use the large arena spaces around the state as long as they're open. So, you know, last year I was able to schedule us time in the Adams center and in the brick breeding on our way over to Billings. So we were practicing all week in the arenas. Um, and the boys got big heads, of course, when they get on the big floor <laughs> like that. Of course. Uh, this year, we played in the big crosstown game in Missoula, which is called the Golden Goat. 
and that was in the Adams Center. And uh, we played in front of 5,000 fans is what they wow. ended up saying it was uh, about. And that was one of the most – it's got it for me personally as a head coach, it's the most unbelievable environment I've ever coached in. Um, but leading into that game, we practiced in the arena and then played in the arena. Um, I immediately tried to call and see if we could get in there this week, but unfortunately there was a concert last night oh. that took up the the space. So – the you know we didn't get the week of but thankfully all these boys have practiced and played in a big arena setting at this point so you know the things we talk about getting used to the bigger court the wider court you know not getting pushed back by the the longer three-point lines they yeah. have an understanding of all of that the big drop with the overhanging arena style hoops um they've gotten to see that this year so you know if if that wasn't the case i would have done everything i could to get us on that floor and get them used to it but thankfully, we've been able to play a, a game and a couple practices out there. For sure. So now I got to ask, because I would assume coaching in a larger arena makes it 10 times harder. So what was your experience like coaching at the Adams Center with uh, that crowd? It was uh, like like I said, man, that's that's the most unbelievable environment I've ever been a part of, um, especially as a coach. You know, our girls right beforehand, they uh, they beat Hellgate on a buzzer beater three. And that was amazing. So to have that happen, you know, and I'm a, I'm a little happy. I would say I'm happy that we went second because we got to watch the girls play and kind of get a feel for the environment, mm -hmm. um, which also helped for our boys to kind of like lower themselves down that that anxious, you know, that energy. And, uh, you know, we we go get ready. We come out. And for me personally, I get tunnel vision like crazy. So once I stepped on that floor, it was just like block out the crowd, block out the noise, block out everything you can. And uh, it feels like it goes by in five minutes. It feels so, so fast when you go through it and you're just coaching, 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 throwing everything you can out there. You know, we start on a huge run. Hellgate comes back. It comes down to it at the end. Coach Hayes is a phenomenal coach. You know, I grew up going to Hayes Hoop Camp and uh, him being one of my coaches there. So I have as much respect as I could for him. Um, and, you know, in the end, we didn't we didn't pull it out. Uh, you know, it was we had a look at a three to tie it up and force overtime, and it would have been great, but we battled, battled. And uh, the next day I go to rewatch the film, and right away I'm hit with the noise, and I realize how much you block out in that tunnel vision. I was like, I didn't even – and when you when I think back to it, I couldn't give any vocal calls to any of my players. Thankfully, I I didn't even realize this. I had someone in the community come talk to me and they go, hey, that's a really nice whistle you have. I was like, what do you mean? And I can whistle pretty loudly. So I would whistle, get the boys to turn and I would call out a set and all of our sets have hand signals, thankfully. And uh, it's like our own version of sign language out there when they're playing. So. You know, the environment was unbelievable. It was amazing. And uh, I'm so happy the boys got to be a part of it. And, you know, we would have liked to pull it off, but we were right there. And that's what we always say. All we can ask for is having a shot to win it at the end. And we did. And as a coach, yeah, we go back to our normal gym that I normally love to play in. And I'm like, wow, this is pretty quiet compared <laughs> to what I'm used to. I got to bring my volume down a little bit. But yeah, it was it was amazing. That's awesome. Yeah, I'm sure you're... Uh your voice was pretty much gone after playing at the Adams center. Shot. Uh, it was shot. That's awesome. So, you know, as you're heading or as you're heading into the end of the year, one question I 
had at the beginning of the year for a lot of coaches was how is the shot clock going to affect your players? So now that you've gone through one whole year with it, how do you think it affected your guys? Uh, you know, I don't think it's been as big of an impact as most of like the average watcher would think. Um, I think if you were to ask most coaches around the state, they would have, we, I had that feeling going in, yeah. you know, we looked at it, a vast majority of possessions didn't go 35 seconds, even before the shot clock. Um, so for the first 95% of the game, it's not a huge change. You know, I would say maybe a little more tempo, but I also think that's just the modern game is a little more tempo. Mm -hmm. The biggest thing that you notice, and, and I think the players notice, which I am a massive fan of, is that last 5% of the half, and first or second. There's no more stall ball. You know, in the past, there'd be three minutes on the clock in a seven-point game, and a team is holding the ball and I don't blame them. It's gamesmanship, you know, it's game right. theory. And now it's so nice knowing that when that happens, play defense. And I, I you know, we playing capital in our, our game this weekend, our big game that we won at divisionals, we went zone in the fourth quarter down 10. And it's cause we, we were doing a bad job in man. But if you do that in the past, then capital just passes the ball around as they should right. and runs the clock out. So I think the kids noticing that it, it puts almost a bigger emphasis on defense in some ways, you know, locked down for 35 seconds. So it's been, uh, I, I have loved it, welcome it with open arms. And I think most coaches have, um, I haven't noticed as many issues with shot clock workers messing up, but thankfully I'm up at the varsity level now. So, <laughs> I, I, and I think our younger coaches probably have been okay as well, but it hasn't been a big distraction or the biggest change in the world. For sure. So, you know, I'm probably going to ask this, but at the end of this weekend here, where do you hope to see the Eagles? <laughs> yeah. You know, I, uh, <laughs> last year I got to end the year. Um, we ended up with a third place trophy when I was the JV coach here. And there's only two teams that end the entire season on a win. And that's first and third place. Um, and as much as I'd love to say, that's how I hope our season ends. You know, we approach every weekend with or every game with kind of two things, earn respect, give yourself a chance to win at the end of the game. And so when I look at our games, as long as the team we played respects us when we walk off the floor as a legitimate ball club and we gave ourselves a chance to win each game, I'm happy. I'm happy with how it ends up. I think there's eight phenomenal basketball teams there. I want to go win it all. But uh, so do we all. So we need to compete at the highest level we can and see where where it lands at the end. For sure. Well, hey, Zach, I want to thank you so much for coming on again and congrats on a great season and good luck at state. Thank you so much, brother. I appreciate it. Yeah. Have a great rest of your night. You too. Hey, guys, Mitch here with Wide Left Sports. And do I have a company I would love to highlight for you? It's called Big Sky Customs. They make lifelike figurines of your playing days, which I think is awesome because every single person, once they're done with their playing days, they miss it. And um, how cool would it be to have a lifelike figurine to commemorate that? And I mean, Rob goes down to the very minute details about it. It's awesome. And the best part is it's out of Montana. 
Um, so yeah, if you want to get one ordered, just go to his Facebook page, Big Sky Customs, and start a conversation with him about it. And hopefully you enjoy your lifelike figurine from Big Sky Customs.